every morning we just wake up and it's just like angrily sitting next to our bed just meowing like loud and <laughs> shit until we feed him and then he gets mad you know what mad. time it is welcome to let me finish this week we'll discuss uh the oscars and uh and other stuff uh my co-host is daniel andrews hello all right daniel so last week we talked about uh bojack horseman um and you hadn't watched the last eight episodes of the last season which is like a part two of the season um or in poker they call it like the turn or the river card and it's kind of a river card so uh what did you think uh well um also for context it's the series finale so yes and do you remember what you predicted sorry again do you remember what you predicted i played it back uh last week when i was editing and you predicted that pojack horseman would either die from an overdose or um be redeemed and continue on his path of just what he was doing at the end of the first half so yeah well uh interesting because yeah you kind of talked about how yeah i kind of like predicted the end without going into too many specifics um but yeah i don't know i mean I really liked the beginning of the the sixth season. Um, I thought it was interesting the way that they took it. Um, I don't know the whole the whole like prison thing that was kind of weird. I felt like that was like a little extreme, kind of. Especially, I don't know. It just seems like I don't know. That was really out of the blue. I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's what. All right. Okay, let's just do that, I guess. All right. Weird, right? Whatever. It was so weird. It was weird. Um, I mean, I like, I kind of like how it ended in a way because it was like, it really did just pretty much circle back all the way to like the first season. And it's like, it's like a mirror of the ending of the first season finale, basically. Oh, that's true. Yeah. If you think about it. So. It's all the dialogue and, like, Bojack moments you want. But then, like, the random stuff like prison and stuff. It's like, what? It was kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like the thing about that is that it's, like, I don't know. I feel like it sounds weird complaining that they did something so kind of out of the blue and weird, like, sending him to prison. True. Because yeah. the show does have a history of, like, kind of doing these kind of weird off-the-walls things. I mean, it's literally, like, a alternate reality where there's like talking animals and humans that all just live life like normal humans and it's just it's already like a weird concept um but the reason that i feel like it was weird that they just decided to just send him to prison is because i feel like bojack's while while the story has always been a little bit kind of wild and off the wall bojack's actual story of his struggle with you know mental illness and addiction and everything has always been very grounded you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the part of the story that's always been very grounded. And I feel like that's what really kind of brings, like I said, it just kind of brings the show into, like, it makes it feel more real. So I don't right. really like that they kind of went crazy with it and kind of went off the walls. And it's like, I guess I understand that there's, and it's not, like I said, it's not like some kind of zany prison adventure or anything, but it just seemed, yeah. it seemed out of place. It's such out of place uh the uh, first of all i would want to say that 
you did predict the ending because he said he's going to redeem himself and he's going to die. He does both of those things and then it ends with him doing neither. Yeah. So first he redeems himself as a professor and then they could have just ended the show there. I think everyone would have felt like, oh, that was satisfying. But then they're like, yeah, but it needs to be dark and sad. So then they write basically a whole other season that ends with him dying in an overdose and then they were like yeah but it shouldn't end that sad exactly so then yeah. they add one more episode where he's just like in prison because they're like well he can't be redeemed and he can't be uh dead we have to somehow show everyone how we're so nuanced and so clever that we're gonna just you know this is my complaint with bojack has always been i can't stand when the writers of the show try to act like they're so clever with the plot they're really good with dialogue they're really good with like creating these moments and emotion and all stuff but when they try to make the plot really clever like they did in season four that's when i draw the line because they're not clever when it comes to plot they're actually not clever at all no. when it comes to plotting the plotting like point a to point b stuff is just so awful and the prison thing was a huge hack because i'm like, pretty sure in the same episode or one episode before they have a scene where there's the marissa tomei character actress is in court and then she's getting sentenced you remember that scene yeah in like one of the last yeah episodes. and then she's getting sentenced and then uh like coppola or someone rushes in and says oh i need her in my movie and the judge is like well that'll be a really good show uh, not guilty and they're kind of making a joke about like the legal system for famous people that famous people get off easy because people are like in, interested in and invested in their projects you know i guess that's one way that i would interpret it yeah. and after a joke like that and like kind of making a joke of the legal system and then they want to end it with bojack going to prison for a couple of years and I was like, that's so contrived. It's yeah. It's incredibly contrived. It's just shitty writing and it's shittiest. Yeah. And the other thing is they could have literally edited about two minutes of the last episode and changed that entire thing. They could have taken all the prison stuff out with like maybe like two minutes of the episode being gone. Like if you just cut the scene where he's like teaching people how to act, you cut the scene where he's like walked into the jail cell and you cut the scene where he mentions being in prison like a couple of times, pretty much you could just say he's working, you know, at uh, something boring. He's working at yeah. a regular job or something. Well, and I feel too, like, I don't know. I mean, something too that I think that Bo Bojack has always been, that show has always been, had gotten a lot of praise from a lot of places about the way that it tackles difficult issues, especially revolving since the main, the main plot revolves heavily around mental illness and addiction. And people have always kind of braced how it approaches it because it's like, it, like I said, it takes a very grounded approach, but a very real approach. Um, yeah. So I think that one concern that I have with something like this is that like one, he kind of goes down. at first I was worried that he was just going to like die or something or just, relapse and they were just going to be like oh like make some statement about how bojack is just always going to be bojack and i was concerned that you know that would send a message to people who are struggling with these things that you can't change yeah. um but even i feel like the the whole prison thing that kind of sends a similar message it's like what is it so he gets sober because he goes to prison you know what i mean like mm. it's just like what are, what are you saying that you can't get sober unless you're like just absolutely forced to I think it that they stupid. could have ended on, yeah, I feel like they, they could have made it more about him taking control of his life. And they kind yeah. of allude to that a little bit where he's like, well, going forward, you know, I guess I, I'll have to make sure he's like, it's easy to stay sober in prison, but I'll have to make sure that I 
you know, keep going afterwards because I won't have because uh, I'll have to make the choice actively to. But they don't ever show it. So it's like it yeah. seems very canned because it's just something that they say instead of showing it. And I feel like they should have just so shown that. Yeah, It was a really stupid, like, just very forced thing. I feel like that was a colossal error. They, through the entire course of the show, they're always making fun of the legal system and making joke about, like, oh, the, the cop is a cat who's, like, a big jerk-off and stuff. And, like, it's really funny. And then, like, they always have, like, jokes about legal system and politics and how all this works because it's very cynical. And then suddenly in the last episode, now the legal system is it's serious. very serious. Now there's consequence. Even though Bojack, throughout the course of the show, does all kinds of crazy stuff, like stealing the D from the Hollywood sign, and there's no, like ever like a legal repercussion and yeah. in the last episode they changed the rules of the whole universe in the show and say well now there's legal repercussions for everything now we live in like the real world it's like well that's really silly yeah. that, well that i feel like make sense. that's the thing too is that it's like i feel like it kind of yeah it kind of goes along with what i was talking about where the, the whole and the whole show has always been like you said there's not really any legal repercussions there's not any like anything like that. It's always kind of been like personal repercussions. You know what I mean? Like he goes on a bender with, um, with Sarah Lynn and that ends very horribly. He doesn't have any real repercussions for it as far as like legally or anything, but he struggles with it so much throughout the whole, the whole rest of the series. And he loses friends over that, over this, these things. And so it's always kind of been like, I feel like it's always kind of made a point about making, about not relying on legal repercussions, about relying on kind of personal yeah. repercussions, which is well, not can, what happened in the final episode. That that brings up a point, though. So, like, I want to say, uh, first of all, you know it's bad writing because they break that rule of prison and stuff with Marissa Tomei and almost the same episode, I think. Maybe one or two episodes before, but almost the same episode. So that's bad writing because they would have known not to do that. The other way you know it's bad writing is if you go backwards and you say Bojack's in prison. Why? Like, what was what, what was the cause for that effect? Well, uh, broke into a house. Why? Well, it was his house, but someone else bought it. Why? Well, he had to sell his house to cover some debt. Well, why? Um, he mentioned the word Xerox in an interview, and then he got sued for $100 million, and so he got forced to sell his house. And you're like, well, that doesn't seem like a logical thing. That seems like something that just got written in there because you wanted him to get his house sold so he could break into it so that he could overdose so that you yeah. could pretend like he was dead so that you could say, well, we can't kill him in the last episode because it's too dark so that you can say well okay send him to prison for breaking into his house it's like you could have done all of those things and had him just living in his house and overdose but then you wouldn't have a reason to send him to jail so you have to somehow make sure that he well he drowns in his house in the pool because that's in the credits scene in the opening credits you know he's always in the pool like well we have to tie that in so he drowns his pool but it's not his house so then he can go to prison all this stuff it's like you can see it's just a cascading like thing of really poor plot you know really bad plotting really bad point a to point b logic that's shitty and doesn't make sense and it doesn't connect very well so i feel like the plot writing was just just a, a disaster and i wish they yeah. could just cut all the prison stuff out and the the last episode's really brilliant and fantastic ending but they just really didn't need any of that bullshit it was just there to like add some kind of weight the prison thing should have absolutely been cut out that was that was bad like I said, I think it should have been, and they, they could have even had him overdose and everything. That would have been great. And then, but like I said, just made it more of like a, uh, a just a more personal experience for him where he has an overdose and he's like, wow, man, like 
Yeah. I almost just died. You know, I got to turn my shit around and kind of take take responsibility for himself to yeah. make himself I think better. Better ending is he's like cut to Bojack like a year later and he's working as like an acting coach, you know, or something like very mundane and he's bored with it or, you know, something like that where he's forced to do just the boring work or something and is no longer in the spotlight, you know, but he's also redeemed and he's also working on stuff, but he's, you know, Show that he's like grown up or something like that. Exactly, because that's all the prison thing does is show that oh he's sober or something, you know. But but and, that's the thing that's frustrating about it is that it doesn't actually say anything about his character, about how any kind of improvements he's made because he has to be sober there and even true. talks about it. He even says true. it in dialogue. He says, "Well, it's easy to be sober here because I have to be." And then yeah. But then, like I said, but then it sounds so canned because it's like, oh, well, it's easy because I have to be, but I'll have to take responsibility for myself afterwards. But that's so what they should have focused out. on. That's yeah. what they should have focused on was him taking responsibility True. for his life and moving forwards with that. And it kind of yeah. seemed like that's where they were going at the beginning of the season because he was kind of doing that. And that's where I was like, okay, well, this is looking pretty good. But then he goes off the rails again. And then it's like, all right, well, will he be able to get it back? But then when he's just forced to because of something like that, it doesn't feel very uh, genuine. Yeah. And I'd say the last thing I want to say is that there's about being genuine is that there's a there's a series of retcons that I noticed in the last part of the season. The last the later half, they first they I don't know, maybe it came up in the first half or the second half, uh, but they retcon to say that. I think it was second half, but I, I think, yeah. They retconned to say that Bojack, uh, that Sarah didn't die, that she was just incapacitated and she died in the hospital, which I'll go back and watch the other episodes, but I'm pretty sure that was a retcon, that that wasn't exactly, we were just left to assume that she died, like, on the scene. And then in the yeah. last season, they say, oh, well, she actually she died in the hospital. You could have just called the something. It's like, that wasn't really information that we ever visited before, so I don't see why, or unless I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, I'll accept that, but... I believe that they just gloss over that as if she did die in the planetarium and we're not really led to believe that Bojack did something nefarious. So also there's a retcon that Bojack makes up a whole scheme and waits a bunch of time yeah. and then, like calls himself. All the that scheme stuff was thing only... was absolutely retconned. And that I think was that a flashback. Definitely... Yeah, yeah, they definitely did it to make it seem more nefarious, like you said. Yes. That was like, oh shit, our show got canceled. How do we close it up? Well, let's retcon that Bojack did something really bad. But then they're like, well, the Sarah Lynn thing's not that bad. It was just, you know, it was just an overdose and he was there. Well, how do we make it more bad? And then you have this stupid flashback retcon thing to make it seem worse so that they can drag it into like this plot where it's more about the legal aspect of like, oh, you did something bad. You're, you could have saved our life maybe and all this stuff. It's like, I don't know. It felt like that wasn't earned. Like that would have made sense, but yeah. it really wasn't earned because it weighed on stuff. That, the other retcon was they tried to go back to Herb and they have some network executive be like, oh, uh, we didn't have to follow fire your friend, director guy, because really it was just, you know, do you know that part? Yeah, and I know what you're goes, talking about. And that's how he gets back into drinking and ends up overdosing. But it's like the reason he does that is because he goes to her place and he's talking to her. And then she kind of revealed that, oh, firing her wasn't really something that was going to be set in motion. And um, there's like more stuff there. But that's a retcon because that's not Absolutely. what we're read to believe for the whole show. That's just something that they throw in at the end to get him back into like being, you know, an addict again. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like that. I didn't like that. So I feel like those were two points. 
Maybe there's more where they specifically just went back and showed a flashback and then changed the context of something and then applied that back again into Bojack just to make something worse or to like manipulate the plot to go farther down the rabbit hole. So I felt like they even could have just ended with him being a professor and it made sense. And it's, I like they try to revisit the stuff in the old episodes, but then the fact that they retcon it because the show got canceled to try to like add something to it, I feel like that kind of took away from it. So that's another case where I feel like it's a it's a very critical darling kind of show, but the writing as far as plot goes, they really just just fucking raped it in the last episode, uh, the last couple of episodes. So I, I appreciate that. Like yeah. they could have. Well, I think could have done really well just not doing a lot of those things. Yeah. Well, and it's like all these things that were retconned. You could. It's like, like you said, there are things that were glossed over um, before. So maybe, maybe you know, it's like they don't necessarily specify. So it's like it's not like they specifically change plot points, but they change the like the framing. Basically, yeah. they change the way it's and they framed. do it in like. The and, last handful of episodes. Yeah. And like, I don't know if it was, it would be one thing if it was like something you could kind of be like, kind of feel when it happened. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but when it's something that they're just like, oh, we're just kind of completely changed away with no like heads up. There's no way for you yeah. to like to make this put it into on a, your own or anything. They just put it into a cold opening. They like just have a cold opening that flashes back to something and then cut to the intro credits. Like yeah. okay. So I don't know. That was yeah, I feel like it was this is just Yeah, the plot was sloppy at the end. It was really sloppy. I mean it's still a great show. I'd give still it an great. eight out of ten. Absolutely. Eight still out of great. ten. And well I still deserved. liked like the final ending. I did like. I just wish that they had just all that bullshit a little bit it. differently. Yeah, all that bullshit. It was, they could have got rid of most of it. Honestly, and that's why I think that they. It was just a slow car crash. They really could have just had a regular length last season, or even a shorter length last season, and they would have been fine if they just didn't spend so much time bullshitting and introducing new characters that get thrown away, and then trying to revisit things that they then. Like stop revisiting. You notice how they really got into the whole Charlotte character again, and then suddenly the plot just completely forgets that she exists. Um, they mentioned something about panic attacks and something, and then like boom, that character never shows up again in the story. Yeah. No one even mentions it, and it's like, well, okay, what was the point of going back there just to get a few more moments out of it, and then just completely drop it? There's never actually any reason for them to bring it back up. So I don't know. It's stuff like that. It was like, it's just, they, they want to go there and then, and later on they decide they don't want to go there. So they could have just cut it down, made it more streamlined. It would have been better. So anyways, Bojack, good show, bad ending, but well, okay. Good show, good ending, but, um, just kind of a weird ending. Like you have to suffer through it more than you just enjoying it. Yeah. Like the fine, like I said, that the final moments at that, at the end of the season are great. Golden dialogue fantastic great great moments all the things you want all the closure but it's like what mr peanut butter says this is how i describe the ending it's when he says that uh the best compromise is when everyone gets what they want and no one has to compromise (laughs) 
The ending of BoJack is the opposite of that, where no one gets what they want and you just have to compromise. Because I looked on Reddit and half of the fans are like, oh, BoJack should have overdosed and died and that should have been the end of the show. And the other half say that, oh, he should have just been fine and redeemed himself and everything should have been okay. And yeah. neither of those things happened. Yeah, it was like a weird medium. Yeah. And I don't know, like, like I could, I guess I understand that I can see it go either way, kind of, but I don't know. I mean, him overdosing and dying would have been, I think, probably the worst ending they could have come up with. A lot of people really wanted that, you know? I, yeah, and, and I understand why, because I think that it's like, it's, it's like, uh, it's like, oh, well, this, this guy, you know, he's a drug addict and he has problems and he never deals with his problems so what's he gonna do it's kind of the, the same thing as what they said about Sarah Lynn it's like she's just she's just always going on these crazy benders like how do you think her life's gonna end if her, yeah. you know with her not overdosing but it's like I said though earlier where I think that I just don't think that that would have been a good ending mainly because like I said they approach because they approach these issues they've had such a good record of approaching these issues in a in a good way, obviously not painting anything in a positive light, taking a very grounded approach to these issues. But if they just are like, Oh, well, if you're an addict, then you're just going to die in an overdose. You know what I mean? Like what kind of dark. message, what message is that sending to people? Who it's a little are like, dark. Cause there, cause there's, I'm sure that there's people out there who like see themselves in Bojack and they're like, have similar problems. And if he's, you know, he could be like a, his character could be a beacon to these people. And if you just are like, Oh, well, He's going to die because he's, you know, he's an addict. What are you know, what are you telling these people? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, maybe dying is probably too dark. Um, I, di- I didn't, I don't know. I don't want to get myself in trouble. Maybe it's too late to say this, but spoilers. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we basically spoiled all the major parts of the whole season, but. Wasn't that crazy about the death episode? Like. It was good, but at the same time, eh, I don't know. I was kind of like, eh. I feel like, was it really that good? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Was... Something about that death episode. A lot of people said that was the best episode. The entire season should have just ended with that episode and all this stuff. And when I saw that on Reddit, I was just like, I don't know. I feel like even for a bojack is dead episode i was kind of like there's good moments in there but a lot of it was kind of like i'm just not crazy about when they bring back characters like the mother or the cracker jack stuff and then like i I, I just didn't really care for that much you know yeah i don't know i i think yeah it's 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 a similar issue as to the whole retconning thing where they kind of try and bring back things and and reframe them a little bit and it's like but that's not really how it was, you know? Yeah. So it Even feels when they a little bring bit... back Herb, it's yeah. like, eh. Like, I feel like the show honestly like, touches back on Herb too much sometimes, where it's like, it, it, even in the season where he's there, he doesn't feel like... He was never I don't know. a major character. Most of the time, he's just in flashbacks eventually. Even in flashbacks, it's just kind of like, okay. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, I, it's hard, too, because it's like, obviously, I don't know. Well, I feel, too, like, Obviously, yes, you know, Bojack screwed him over, but I feel like sometimes they kind of play it up a little bit. Like, yes, he screwed him over, but at the same time, it's like he got him fired off of a show and like, yeah, I don't know. He got cancer. 
That's his own thing. And then he had cancer. Right? It's like, I don't know. It just seems like I understand him having a little bit of struggle with that, but like he just like always goes back to it and he's always upset about it. And I'm like, I don't think that it's really that as big of a deal as they try to make it seem. Yeah. And I think that it was the way that they approached it and was that the that was a that was a sec was that the second season? Um Did he die? Maybe the first. Oh, dies the probably first. in the second. I mean, the way that they approached it then was, I think, was good. Where, you yeah. know, like, yeah, it's like something he deals with, an issue he has. But I just didn't like how it just kept going back to it. It was like, it seems yeah. like he has, there are other things that he did and other things that happened that should have held a lot more weight that didn't. And that one, for some reason, did. And I don't, I just didn't, never really understood why there was all that much yeah. put into it. Okay, well, if anyone... Uh Want to check out Bojack Horseman? Um, you probably should have did it a week ago. So <laughs> probably, but no, it's a really good show. I mean, regardless of spoilers and everything, it's a super good show. Yeah, Definitely it's a pretty watching. good show. I recommend of all the things on Netflix. My producer probably... actually is watching it right now. Oh, that's good. Is she into it now? Yeah, she's really into it. it. She actually, she's no pretty much way. Burned through like I want to say the first like five seasons she's on season five now and she started watching it Dude, this week she got really into she's it really yeah. into it whoa my so, producer kind of likes some of it like she watched a few parts and she thought it was pretty interesting but uh, she doesn't really get that into it because a lot of it is kind of slow and i don't think yeah. she really likes the episode that were there underwater she thought that was really good yeah she thought that was brilliant and i actually watched it with her and i was like uh, I used to not like that episode because I don't like stuff that tries to be really clever. But after I watched it with her, I was like, yeah, actually, it's pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was um, a pretty good episode. Just realizing that, I don't know, it's interesting that you, because sh English is her second language. So then sometimes like episodes where it's like really dialogue heavy, you know, it's hard mm. to like catch all these like really subtle jokes. But then seeing like how yeah, like, you just well, have something. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, well. Uh, just I was just gonna say, like the episode where they don't rely too much on dialogue and they just have kind of like funny things. Um, it's just kind of interesting how people can anyone can watch it and think it's kind of like it's like Bugs Bunny. Like that's what yeah. I feel like, you know. That's like, true. It doesn't rely on dialogue. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, especially to uh, the whole the whole series, like all the dialogue is really full of like puns and like play. <laughs> they they yeah. do a lot of plays on words and stuff like that. Yeah. It just felt like good cartoonistry in that episode. Um, so, uh, Oscar winners. Um, that was a great segue. Uh, Bojack Horseman did not win an Oscar because... Because there are Oscars, other people that won Oscars or other and Oscars things. are for movies. So, yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Perfect segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great segue. Oscars. Oscars happened last week. It was on Sunday. Did you watch it? I did not. I did not watch it. I don't think... Actually, the ratings, I think, this year were, like, historically low, I heard. So almost no one watched it. Well, there was that whole we big, like, controversy about the Parasite film. What's the controversy about Parasite? Say more. So um, one of the Oscar winners uh, is the winner of Best Picture was given to Parasite. Uh, Parasite is actually a foreign language film. Yes. So it's not in English. And everyone was very, right. a lot of people were uh, very upset because they people felt were like upset. It sh people were very upset because they felt that 
because it is an American award, it should have been given to an English language film. No way. People actually people think that a foreign language film that. shouldn't have won. What? Yes, yes people. I don't believe it, that. There's actually no, really, man. What was people it? People are angry that a film that's not English won yes. uh, award because the award is usually given to English films, English yes. speaking films. Yes. Okay. Which so there and and it doesn't and okay, first of all, first of all, the argument doesn't even make any sense. People Subtitles can't win an Oscar. I had to read subtitles. Yeah. How do well, I know they're really saying all well, that? Well, the thing about that too is that a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, we're in America. Uh, we speak English here." And stuff oh like my that. god but the thing about that if i don't know if anyone happens to not be li- to li- be listening in a country other than america so america doesn't actually have an official well, language because it's the whole point of like america's that you know it was supposed to it's supposed to be like a safe place for anyone that's kind of like you know where it kind of kind of how it started out but yeah. there's no actual official language People always think that English is the official language, but there's no official language. So you can't even make the argument that it's not in the official language of America because there is none. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, people were really upset about um, it winning. That's crazy. I honestly, I think that's crazy that people actually get mad that it's a foreign film. I thought... That for them to do that is um, a great marketing move because Hollywood loves to uh, try to get more foreign investment in their films. They want to sell tickets in China. Okay, that's the whole. That's what the game's about. So they give the award to a foreign film that's from Asia. I feel like that's just a signal that Hollywood's. You know that I'm cynical. So I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. I just thought that it was a great brand move. It was like, hey, we want to get more dollars from the uh, non-domestic markets. So give these awards to non-domestic markets and then uh, cash in. So that's what I thought. And I'm not mad at all. I think it's great. I think it's really smart. It was, yeah. <laughs> they, should, they should do it with more awards and then they'll try to, you know, it's, I, I just see it as a brand move. Like well, a, yeah, I mean, I don't know. My I opinion on these awards is that realistically, they don't, I mean, it's not like, it's not like all these awards, the Oscars, the Emmys, the It's a whatever. brand move. It's exactly, it's a brand move. It's basically the embodiment of the corporatization of the, you know, music, film, and TV industry in America. That's really all yeah. it is. It's, it's all about, it's not, it has nothing to do with. It rarely has anything to do with actually, you know, actual art and things like that. A lot of what it is is really just, it's it's all politics. You know, I'm actually going to have my producer watch Parasite because I explained the synopsis to her. I haven't seen it myself. And she said, oh, it sounds like a, sounds like a, um, a very stereotypical Korean movie. And she just thought it because when i explained the synopsis to her like the plot she said yeah that's like the plot of every korean movie and i was like what really and and then she kind of made it sound like she was kind of cynical where she talked about it and we haven't seen it yet but her opinion from before we've seen it is that this isn't even like a clever movie she thinks it's just like a kind of watered down americanized korean movie Mm. and 
all the American people are like clapping for it and thinking it's so brilliant. When at the same time, she thinks it's, it's probably like she kind of likened it in her own way to like Gangnam Style and how that was like this Korean singer PSY, I think his name yeah. was. And he was super popular in America, but in Korea, he wasn't even that popular. People thought he was just kind of a hack or something. I don't, I mean, maybe not a hack, but um, <laughs> people didn't really, he wasn't popular in Korea. He wasn't like a super famous K pop star. Um, because those are like 14 year old girls uh, yeah <laughs> so but like everyone in america like went balls to the walls over over him as an artist because of that song okay yeah. so i'm actually gonna read off every single oscar are you okay with that yeah i'm okay with that i just ran through all right not a, so but i think lot. everyone deserves praise so i'm gonna literally read every single oscar right now so the folks following at home all the Oscar? Or Every single the, Oscar. Just just the awards, yep. the winners? So, best short documentary okay. goes to Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone. Never heard of it, but uh, probably really good. Um, best sound editing, Donald Sylvester, Ford versus Ferrari. Have you seen Ford versus Ferrari? It's not. Oh, it's gosh. a dad movie. That's what people are calling it. Did you know people <laughs> call that a dad movie? And I thought about it, and I was like, my dad would totally take me and watch that. Um, yeah, I believe and, that. And then the next one is Vivian Baker, best makeup uh, in Bombshell, um, makeup and hairstyling, and she co-got it with Anne Morgan um, and Kazuhiro Suji. So they all won that one. I haven't seen Bombshell. It's some movie about like Fox News or something, um, like a remake or something. And have you? I, you probably haven't seen that, huh? Uh, I haven't seen it. I, I've heard of it, though. I know what you're I don't know. It about. didn't really look that interesting to me. I feel like... I think... I don't know. Is Megan Kelly in it? Or maybe someone's playing Megan Kelly in it. Something like that. But it just yeah. feels too meta to me. Um, like, I feel like people in the news industry feel like they think they're so interesting and stuff. But actually, like, I don't think they're very interesting at all. Like, th- I hate how, like, people like Don yeah. Lemon act like they're also celebrities. And it's like, hey, man, you're on TV. Like, just read the news and be cool and stuff, but don't act like you're, like, a celebrity. It's really annoying. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if I'm the only one yeah. to feel like that, but I, I low-key kind of feel like that. Uh, like, <laughs> No, I, I feel like that a little like, bit. Don't cool. start acting like you're famous. You, you're just, just act like you're regular people and just... Give me the just, news. Yeah, just Move read on. the news. Don't, don't be, like... It's not... You're not, like, some mysterious figure that we haven't figured out. Um... Anyway, so uh, next one is uh, Best Film Editing, Ford vs. Ferrari, and Andrew Buckland, Michael McCuster. Um, yeah, okay. I haven't seen it. Probably will never see it. Um, Neighbors Window. More than like Neighbors that. Window won live short action film. Um, Hair Love. Wait, is that the movie? Or is that... Okay, that's the movie. Best Animated Short Film, Hair Love. Um Best production design goes to Nancy Hay, Barbara Ling for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, that was a good movie, and you got to see that, dude. It's okay. Oh, oh, oh my God, see. It's Tarantino. Now, yeah. It's honestly, it's what Tarantino should have been doing for the last ten years. Instead of writing like, <laughs> like, Hateful Eight and stuff like that, it should have just been like this. It should have just been really slow movies that are just a bunch of dialogue that doesn't really connect. But it does in a weird way, and it just feels like it feels like you're taking like a tranquilizer while you're watching this movie. It's so weird. Um, 
man, it would be crazy to be stoned and watching that movie. That would have been great. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, Neighbors, Window, Life Directional. Oh, we already did that one. Um, okay, Costume Design, Little Women, Jacqueline Duran. There's a bunch of controversy over Little Women because people said... Um, first people... So I'm, I don't want to represent anyone, but at the same time... So I was told that at first Little Women... Uh, people said, uh, this movie isn't for men. It's for women. So men shouldn't complain about Little Women because it's not a movie for men. And then later there was an article saying like, Little Women is bombing and not making money because not enough men are watching it. Men should be watching it because they hate women if they don't watch mm. it. And then it was something like that. I- I'll try to find the screenshot, but there was a meme of like an article saying like, uh, movie is not for men. And then like the next week, like uh movie is flopping because men are too sexist to watch it and i was like what do you mean <laughs> pick one yeah. i feel like it's probably it's probably know. a really good movie but like it's marketing oh, marketing sure i mean it's a, it's a I feel like the marketing for it was probably totally flop you know like i never saw a single ad for it so i kind of understand if they're saying like oh this movie's not for men well apparently you didn't market it to men at all so but you probably should have like i don't know it splurged more or something on the marketing. No, I didn't even. I didn't even. Literally, know that there was, right? That there was one out um, until uh, the Oscars. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that. It's just a marketing failure, and we'll get more to that when we talk about Birds of Prey. That was another marketing failure. Oof. But okay, so 1917 best visual effects, 1917 best sound mixing. Um, that was uh, Mark Taylor, Stuart Wilson. Uh, best in cinematography roger deakins for 1917 so that's like three or four awards in a row um and we're we're more than halfway through yeah Yeah, a lot lot, but it was for things like cinematography sound mixing and visual effects so uh how do you feel about that you saw that movie right uh oh my god i I only watched it because you recommended um... it yeah for real I Did watched watch it, it because you told me that, oh, this is a movie that's filmed in, like, one take. And I was like, that's no way that's true. And I watched it with my producer, and we were like, holy shit, this movie is, like, it's filmed in one take. Yeah, well, I guess it's, like, so it's, like, um, what is it, Birdman? You know how Birdman does the, like, it's not one take, but it's, like, fake one take. It's kind not of. really one take. Then, it doesn't even feel like one take, but it has yeah. long takes. But there is, like... There are like scenes that are one that are. Birdman has take long takes. That are. Pretty I wouldn't even incredible. say one take. I would just say long takes. Because it's yeah, several yeah. takes in the movie for sure. There's multiple locations, but it, it feels like long takes. So, this one felt yeah. like one take, but you can definitely tell they edit it at multiple times because the camera pans around a building and it looks like CGI, um, and you know it's not really panning. It's like an effect. And you can tell they probably cut it there. Yeah. But at the same time, like it feels like one take because the they never cut to a different location. They are continuous the whole way through. And I guess I don't know. I'll have to rewatch Birdman, but um, Birdman had long takes. Well, I don't Birdman, think it was one take though. I definitely yeah. feel like they cut. Well, Birdman is like it's like a it's not a one. They definitely take. cut. But it's like basically the way that they edit it, they never do like any yeah. hard cuts or anything. So it's like if he's like walking down a hallway, they'll like show him walking into a door and the camera will basically follow him. I love that movie, by the way. The that wall. was great. So it's like, but, yeah. So it's like it, there is a cut there, but it's like. But Birdman cuts. has like different characters and different points of view. And then they'll, they'll be on the roof. Then they'll be inside the studio and stuff. And like. 
1917 is just one character, pretty much his point of view the entire movie, and it really never really goes to some other POV or something. And that's why it feels like it feels like one take versus Birdman. It feels like you're getting multiple POVs, kind of. Um, you yeah, get Edward yeah. Norton, you get Emma Stone. Like I feel like it moves around more. This one, you really feel like you're just locked in. Some people called it a gimmick. They said it felt like you're in a video game cutscene. I feel like that's extremely true, but it, I wouldn't say it's a gimmick. Although at times they really do probably ham it up more than they should. Um, sometimes they do kind of an effect where it feels like the camera is wobbling. They do like kind of a shaky cam sometimes. Um, and I feel like mm. that they should not have done because that's when it feels like you're just in a video game cutscene and you're just waiting for the, the heads up display to come up. And I think that was for your, uh, for your control. Yes, it vibrating. got extremely jarring sometimes. I feel like it was much more clever when it was just sort of, uh, just keeping an angle at a distance and then like maybe moving around a little bit or like hovering through a window, some like really beautiful shots and stuff. I think sometimes when it's the most clever is when it doesn't stay too close. It doesn't try to just hone in like you're, it's not trying to put you in the scene. It actually stays like uncomfortably far away from the character and you can see him running in the distance. And I feel like that was genius because you feel anxious because you're like, well, I know they're not going to cut to another scene. I know that where we can only see him from this distance and i'm not really sure what's going on and like that i feel like is more immersive than just like putting you in a shaky cam like right over the shoulder or something where it feels like okay well this is feels like i'm in a video game now you know yeah i think at that point it starts to feel a little i bit like i like this detached but no i did I, watch like yeah the, uh, i watched some of the long takes and i was impressed with, with okay well so birdman didn't win an award this year so I don't know why you're bringing that up. <laughs> I'll go rewatch that though. It's such a good one. Uh, other one is, um, is a good best original song, Elton John, "Love Me Again." Um, I don't know what this is. Uh, best original song, "Love Me Again," Elton John. Okay. Um, best adapted screenplay, Taika Waititi, Jojo Rabbit. You, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? I have not. I did see it. I saw it the night before the Oscars, and it's very good. It's actually really really good so super recommend jojo rabbit it's just a fun movie you know and it's it's just yeah. it's like i don't know nazi germany but kind of taking it kind of lightly um and it just worked it was weird it, it worked you didn't know if you were in a drama or a comedy it's just lovable characters like really weird setup and kind of historically like accurate it felt like um i don't know it felt like a wes anderson movie uh but yeah uh so american factory is documentary best documentary best uh original screenplay uh bong joon ho uh for parasite uh best original screenplay han jin wan also co-award winner for best original screenplay on parasites that's the first time parasite shows up here in this list um best foreign language film parasite okay so this is where i could see people getting angry because you give the film best foreign language film and then you also give it best picture which seems like well okay well i guess it makes well, sense but i mean you could also argue that if it gets best picture it, why would it not get best yeah foreign film i guess that makes sense but i feel like you shouldn't double nominate that i don't know i feel like if you're going to nominate a bunch of foreign language films, but then also like, why don't you just nominate all the foreign language films for best picture? Like, does that make sense? Like I'm taking the same argument. I'm just flipping yeah. around saying if best foreign language film can also win best picture. Why is this the only 
best foreign language film that's also in best picture you know why are you saying the other foreign language films aren't you know they aren't good pictures they're just good foreign language pictures this one just happens to be both you know what i'm saying i feel like it it draws a double yeah. standard and i'm not saying like best foreign language films shouldn't win the oscar because they're in a different language i'm saying well if you're gonna have some foreign language films be in the main one and some like maybe you should just get rid of the foreign language film category and just say best film you know why don't you just level the playing field yeah I- i'm turning that argument around i see you i'm coming for you <laughs> i think uh let's go all the way one direction or the other now i'm mad <laughs> <laughs> uh best animated feature toy story 4 sure uh it was okay um original music score goes to joker which is funny because i i didn't realize that joker was in this um oh shoot yeah joker is in this okay uh it is bong jun ho best director parasite that was great um best supporting actress marriage story laura dern i thought that was actually a pretty stupid award that should have gone to scarlett johansson for jojo rabbit that was the one that because i watched marriage story and i watched jojo rabbit uh scarlett johansson is brilliant in jojo rabbit and laura dern in marriage story is also brilliant but i don't know didn't seem like a very prominent character i don't know if that weighs into these awards but like the movie Marriage Story is mostly about. Um, I get it's supporting actress, like I'm not a retard, but at the same time, like best <laughs> Marriage Story is mostly about Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, their wicked dialogue and super crazy character moments, uh, and all this madcap stuff that happens in that movie. It's really, really good, sort of small scale story between two powerhouses, and I feel like Laura Dern just kind of is like in there you know when you watch marriage story just pops yeah up when you watch a marriage story like the supporting actors and actresses in it like i feel like that's not what people carry with them you know and you could say she's a good actress and she's also supporting so it's not about her but at the same time like i just feel like like scarlett johansson in jojo rabbit like adds a lot of depth and character and tone to that movie the movie is literally just a different movie if she's not in it that's a great supporting actress but then laura dern i feel like is just replaceable in marriage story um so i feel like that was just a sympathy award in a way it's like uh, sometimes i feel like these awards just go to people because they've been in the business long enough so anyways uh renee zellwinger for best actress for judy didn't watch it heard a lot of criticism about it brad pitt best supporting actor once upon a time that i feel like is a well-earned award because he basically isn't even like a supporting actor if you watch once upon a time in hollywood I, i honestly thought brad pitt was the lead actor in that movie um, he feels like a co-lead so i feel like he kind of won that on a mulligan where they uh, like he he probably did more than any other supporting actor because half the movie's runtime is about him um and then best actor went to joaquin <laughs> phoenix for joker um have you seen joker yes i i saw joker what did you think of joker um i thought it was really interesting i was a, i was a really interesting character study, which is um, kind of the big thing that Joaquin Phoenix was talking about why he took the movie, why he took the role, is because the really interesting, I mean, it's, the plot is, the plot's okay. You know, the plot's really just okay, to be honest. The plot, I wasn't blown away by it's it. It's not a genius plot. Um, but the character, like the character writing um, and the character development, um was really good i thought that that was like i said the it was 
the character study was the good yeah. part of it. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix did an incredible job playing that character. Yeah. So that's well true. Deserved. Actually, the acting for Joaquin Phoenix pretty like I don't know. It blows you away. It really does. It's really it genius. does. It just blows you away. I remember leaving that movie and thinking, okay. You know, you just got like a heavy feeling, and it's mostly because of his acting. You do, you I, do. I, I was, yeah, I was watching that movie. Uh, I watched at home, and I was on Amazon, and I was just like, wow, it left me feeling just like I might okay. have one of those movies where you just are like, all right, well, I don't know what to do with the rest uh, of my day now. I don't really know how I can. I move might have on said this that. on the podcast before, but I didn't really like it that much because I felt like it was too dark. And it just make you feel like, like bummed out. Um, kind of. That's does. how I know I'm not a movie critic because I watched it. And I was like, this is probably a brilliant movie, but I just feel so bummed out right now. It's the, it's yeah. genius. I feel like, and I think I said this before, is genius because like we're so in, inundated with these like, Avenger movies and like all this yeah theme park ride sort of like hero movie yeah that's just a bunch of feel good like slapstick humor charlie chaplin-esque kind of shenanigans and then here's a movie that draws on a comic book character and it kind of has that tone in universe but it just doesn't care about any of the silly it doesn't try to give you all that sort of placating bullshit and i feel like that's what sort of hits you even harder where like if this wasn't like a superhero movie i feel like you'd be like yeah it's just a really dark movie with Joaquin Phoenix in it, and I feel like it's it's a good movie, but it's kind of like a B-side. But the fact that they said, we're going to do this movie, we're also going to pull in the comic book aspect, and we're just going to handle that concurrently. I feel like that's what makes it genius, because that brings in yeah. so much more weight and expectations, and the fact that they're able to keep a lot of that stuff in line and keep the sort of enough of the sort of fairy tale comic book aspect into it but at the same time like they have you know little references to other things in dc universe like arkham asylum uh bruce wayne and bruce Wayne's parents alfred yeah. um it's like little little those sort of things that are alluded in there and it's just enough that it keeps you in that sort of comic book idea um but they're able to just not get into all of the sort of things that a comic book movie means these days and that i thought was great but i didn't like it because it's just so dark i felt like uncomfortable after watching it like i felt really bad you do yeah it definitely is a movie that makes you feel uncomfortable which i think is kind of like part of it's i mean think it part of it's part of what it tries to do a little bit i mean there's definitely like there's because there's points where yeah you just feel within the movie where you just feel super uncomfortable I mean, like, when he goes in that girl's apartment and just the whole time you're just, like, after he, like, kind of is, like, freaking out yeah. and stuff. And you're just, like, uh, come on, man. Like, get it together. And you feel really it's so dark. But, like I said, the the big, the really, like, the really, really good part of that was the character study of the Joker and how they took a comic book character that, you know, I mean, it's... They took they took that character from the comic book, kept it in the same universe, and just made something really, uh, really deep. I suppose made a really deep and interesting character yeah. with a lot of interesting it's, facets. Um, it's compelling. I would say that's the best word to describe it for me. Is it was a very yeah. compelling film. Um, the best picture went to Parasite. 
So now we're going to argue about this because, okay, maybe it's a good movie, but I'm super cynical about it because of some things that my producer said about it. And also, I don't like, I, I am kind of against this foreign language film also winning Best Picture now. Not saying that foreign language films shouldn't win, but saying how come only this foreign language film is nominated for Best Picture then? You know? What's that about? Why yeah, is there a foreign that. language category then? And and I'm not saying, okay, so when you first introduced this argument, I thought, okay, yeah, that's just like a bunch of jerk-offs being like, oh, foreign language film can't win because America, we don't speak foreign language. And it's like, okay, I get that. But if you flip that argument the opposite direction say, wait, foreign language shouldn't win because why is there foreign language? Or foreign language should win, but why is there a foreign language section then? You know, like what's the point? Yeah, if you could just sense. say, well, foreign language film could also just win the Oscars, then why don't you just have foreign language film not be a category? And why don't you also have foreign language... Just make it one of the why main Why don't nominees. you just not have foreign language film be its own thing? Why don't you just nominate people who are also, like, foreign actors and stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like... It, yeah. It seems like they just... It seems like they have that category just kind of... Excuse me. Just kind of to have it to be like, oh, here's here's the category for foreign language, and then which is why, and just kind of to have like, oh, so we, you know, we're including yeah, exactly, films. and then, but like at the same time, yeah, it makes sense that it's like why, why have that category just for them, and then also just include the why not just why not just include them all together? Why not put them all together? Can American films not stand up to the other international? No, it feels films? farcical. It feels like it now. Now, in the current light of looking at it and thinking, this is sort of like errant for them to say, like, uh, this foreign language film wins uh, best picture this year, and it just looks more and more like a brand move because if you're looking at foreign language films as like a side category in your award show, uh, for you to then give them the best picture at the same time, but that. They also, they're in their own side category. And most of those people don't get nominated because they're foreign language stuff and people just don't understand. Like, I just feel like, I don't know, the, like it one on, in one hand, they're painting this sort of international cinema as like this bastard stepchild and then also trying to treat it like the, you know, the poster child. And I feel like that's kind of shitty. Yeah. Like maybe either don't make it a bastard stepchild or figure out how to respected in its own category you know what i mean uh, like it does just look like yeah. a marketing play now to be like oh look give the one that's in it here's a really good film that wins best foreign picture and we're gonna make ways and try to just make it the best picture even though other foreign films probably didn't do that in the past because they were in that category you know and it kind of like uh, i don't know my alarm bells are ringing i feel like hey maybe just put all the films in one thing and don't say well it's foreign language so it's not as good yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i agree i think that's like if you're going to include international films yeah just, just include them with the other nominees it's no reason to really like what is best foreign language There's no reason to what is that, a best really. foreign language film is that like the subtitle award like what the fuck is that you know that's where I'm coming know. from. Like now, it just looks like you're being a jerk off, like one way, or you're not being a jerk off in the other way. So I don't know. Ugh, I don't think anyone's gonna agree with me on this. Right, but well, now that I've alienated both sides yeah. of the debate, I have my work is done. <laughs> I want to say, speaking of uh, well, Birds sorry, of Prey, 
not yeah, nominated. Speaking of uh, films and Oscars, and uh, now we can talk about a film that definitely did not even. Well, I don't think come maybe twenty twenty one, but or I guess that's true. They did come so out. So last huh? week, um, the there was a debut or a premiere. I guess. Well, what do you call it when a movie launches? That the box office weekend. It's debut. Yeah, it's a debut, debut. Birds of Prey. Uh, is it Marco sure. Robbie? Is that that's her name? She's yes. Harley Quinn. This is sort of is this a sequel to? It's like um, what it seems to be is they're taking it's it's like a sequel to uh, Suicide Squad kind of, but basically they're focusing on um, Harley Quinn now. Yes, um, and there's some other characters that they introduce. I don't know. So it's like a mm-hmm. sequel, not sequel. Maybe. So Harley Quinn kind of, it seems like Har- Harley Quinn kind of goes off and does her own thing, and then they follow her. I have not seen Birds seen of it. Prey, but I did see well, Suicide Squad. so apparently Squad. no one saw Birds of Prey. They flopped. They, they made... Yeah, that's kind they of They didn't even recoup their budget on the box office night, and I looked at the numbers, and it was pretty bad. Actually, could you pull those up? Let me pull those up. I want to see how it was, but... Um, I'll try to figure out what the numbers are. The projections were something like 50 million, I want to say, and it did like 30 million. But I don't recall. Um, it was pretty bad. It was a big flop. A lot of people were surprised. And it, there was a bunch of like shitty screen rants, cinema blend, you know, the cesspit of like entertainment writing that's yeah. not even legitimate. But a bunch of illegitimate uh, cinema writing that was being like, oh, people are not watching this movie and they should because they have to. And it, this is the best film and uh, you're bad if you don't like. There's this weird like value positioning sometimes with this stuff that I don't understand where it's like. Maybe people just didn't watch it because it's Oscars weekend and everyone went to go watch Jojo Rabbit like me, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel yeah. like it was just launched at a bad time. It was marketed poorly. They didn't put Harley Quinn's name in the title. No one's familiar with Birds of Prey beyond, like, small group of people who like the comic book, so. Yeah, I don't really, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I don't know. If I heard Birds of Prey, I wouldn't, if I just heard the name Birds of Prey, I would not connect it at all with Suicide Squad. Which maybe they're trying to distance themselves from Suicide Squad. That's true. Squad. Suicide Squad maybe. did really bad. Because here's the thing, man. Um, yeah, I didn't see Birds of Prey, but I did see Suicide Squad in theaters. And I 100%, tr- I'm not even kidding, I fell asleep <laughs> about a quarter of the way <laughs> you through You didn't. And I slept. I slept you in the theater. fell asleep in Suicide Squad. Through the movie. In 2016. Because, wow. yes. It was uh, one of the most boring movies that I'd ever seen, and it wasn't compelling at all. Um, it didn't have any interesting characters. Every single character was just some kind of stupid trope, um, and there was no, there was, there was just, there was no. The plot didn't really make any sense. It wasn't really. It, it was felt very contrived, and it's just. They tr- they were trying so hard to to be like edgy and badass. Okay, I probably fell asleep about halfway through, but but um, they just tried really hard to be like edgy and badass and like dark and like different. Yeah, it and seems it like it was edgy. It just felt very is really forced. Uh, and just not very, very interesting. Forced. It was just you know it was, I almost. No, they didn't care about any of the characters. I almost saw that movie, but I didn't because, first of all, I was in Chicago, and I thought, 
I was staying in Chicago just temporarily. And I remember it came out and I thought, well, maybe I'll go to see the movies because I'm here. I have nothing else to do. I'm just like staying here temporarily and stuff. But then, um, I don't know. I, I saw all the reviews for it and so many people were like, this movie is just dog shit. That I would, I, I literally didn't watch it because I saw so much people just complaining about how stupid it was on Twitter. And um, that was really my only reason. That was like one of the first movies, not first, but one of the only movies that I was like, yeah, the reception is so bad that I, I'm just not even going to bother watching. Usually, even if, yeah, even if I see bad reviews, I'll really still go see watching. something. But it was just so bad. I was like, I don't know. But if you fell asleep with that movie, then I feel like I made the right choice. I actually fell asleep because it just, it was just, there was nothing in it that actually drew me in. Because like I said, the, the characters were all just so one dimensional and it's like, and they just weren't even, none of the like introductions like made you care about the character. They literally just kind of threw a bunch of characters in, did like a cheap comic book introduction where they just list their name and then they list like, oh, they're these things and oh, this guy has like a, this a is, daughter. This ties back. In, but he's an assassin. This, is, this goes back yeah, to Joker. Just, this is why Joker is brilliant because you look at Suicide Squad, this exactly. is the Warner Brothers trying to do Avengers. This is them saying, well, have an ensemble cast, have a bunch of silly kind of dark humor and then it'll just kind of work out and have some like cheap action and special effects and don't really have character or like plot or like motivated things or anything compelling and and then you have a movie like Joker where it's the budget for Joker is just tiny. It was a really low budget, I think. Yeah. Um, but it did like a billion dollars. Like the the multiple of value that created just by being compelling and being interesting and have something to say about something that's related to a comic book. It's just so much better than like, you know, Suicide Squad. It was just hammy, cash in, yeah. ensemble cast, really expensive. Just a shitty story, a bad narrative, bad writing. Which I don't know. I just know secondhand yeah. reading reviews and stuff. People really thought it was pretty. No, awful. that's yeah. what it was basically. And uh, yeah, man. And I feel like the thing about Birds of Prey is that what it seems like probably happened. The reason they did Birds of Prey is that so, like I said, it focuses on Harley Quinn. It just drops everyone else. Everyone else, all the other characters yeah. are dropped. Just none of the characters from Suicide Squad stay in because I think that what happened is Suicide Squad came out. It was received terribly but people were really really there was a group of people that were really into the harley quinn yes and it's marketable property there's like kind of a whole big yeah there's a whole big thing about it so harley quinn's kind of like i don't know that was like the one success that they got from suicide squad so i think the reason they made birds of prey is because they're trying to capitalize on harley quinn as a character but i mean she never had any depth to begin with so I don't know. I don't know if they try and go. I can't. I mean, I can't make a judgment about Birds of Prey because I haven't seen it. But like, I don't know if they try and go deeper well, into her character or something. Okay. But it seems like it's just. Well, here's the thing. I actually. So my take on this is, I actually really want to see Birds of Prey. I super wanted to see it. Not even though I didn't see Suicide Squad, I always kind of thought, well, maybe maybe it was okay. But now I know it's not. Because <laughs> he fell asleep in it, <laughs> but when Prince of Prey was announced, I was like, you know, I feel like this. They'll probably figure out what they did wrong in Suicide Squad. They'll make it better. Um, I don't know. I think Margot Robbie's a genius. I think that. Um, I think she's a great some actress, of the yeah. uh, trailers for it. I thought were kind of. They, I don't know. They didn't really hit something about it. Just 
seems kind of like uh, something about it seems a little disconnected which is weird but uh people were comparing it to like tarantino films and stuff so i was like okay um and i super wanted to see it but uh my producer wasn't really into it and it launched on like um uh, oscar weekend so i was like well i want to go to the movies and watch jojo rabbit because yeah. that's gonna win oscars or something it's really like i want to figure out what that's about um i wanted to see 1917 because uh that was also like a so i don't know i feel like actually i don't no one else has had that take but my take is that when the oscars gets you know announced and stuff um i think people go and try to see those movies so before they you know before the awards because they want to feel like they're involved when they watch and i know not a lot of people watch the oscars but i still think i bet you that sales for oscar nominated movies was probably higher because of um oh 100 and i feel like they could have just done birds of prey um a week earlier and also i want to say that there was another story that this i think other people aren't talking about is there was a comic book hero actor um who was really really famous who did one of the best comic book sort of characters and he was in the marvel universe and he was in another movie which launched i think in january or late january early february and it completely bombed it bombed like much worse than birds of prey um are you do you have any idea who i'm talking about right now i don't know i don't know exactly i don't tony stark uh robert downey jr genius actor badass who uh built the marvel universe with his own hands uh he took a role as dr doolittle in like a family film oh and yeah that film bombed to that got 15 percent on rotten tomatoes film basically dug a mass grave and just put robert downey jr in it alone um <laughs> i don't really know what that is just a really huge grave <laughs> yes just just one of them yeah <laughs> i don't know like isn't that fucking crazy though like he goes from being like the probably the most celebrated comic book character in the entire world just because of a character he's basically built it's not really been portrayed before and, and then he goes and does doolittle yeah. and just bombs to the tune of i don't know i actually want to see it so we should have pulled this up beforehand but um I'm going to Google Birds of Play flop and Doolittle flop. And I want to see which flop was better or which flop was bigger. You know, I got to say, though, so I know I said it had had 15%. The critic rating on Doolittle is 15%. The audience score is 76%. So that's considerably better. But see how um, I think, uh, okay, reported budget of 84.5 million. Birds of Prey. well, see, they 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 keep inflating the numbers for Birds of Prey with like, yeah, I don't know. People are now trying to defend it to say like it's not really a box office flop just because they lowered the estimates by forty percent doesn't mean it was bad. And it's like, oh, come on, guys, uh, Doolittle flop. I want to also look that up, but so I'll get these numbers going. But this is what I thought was crazy. So when Birds of Prey totally flopped and then people kind of went crazy about it and there, there was a bit of a backlash to people being like well you know people should be watching this maybe people just don't like it because it's a female-lit movie and i was like i don't think that's what's going on here because i remembered i don't think that yeah because i'm old is. enough to remember that like a week or two ago like doolittle flopped and that had the biggest comic book character actor ever in it 
And after seeing that flop and then seeing this, you know, this sort of Suicide Squad follow-up movie come out and flop, I was like, no, there's something else going on here. Uh, it's not about I think it's that, not about the female-led thing. It, yeah, I think that it was starting out with, you know, building off of Suicide Squad, which is already a weak movie that was not well-received. And I don't know. I think it's focusing on, like I said, there is definitely a group of people that like really, really latched onto the character of Harley Quinn, but it wasn't everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so I don't know. I think that they're trying to draw on a character that just isn't going to be able, that just can't support a whole movie. Well, and maybe I, she can't. I would have been so down for like a, as I would have been so down for like a Harley Quinn movie. Um, I think making it a Birds of Prey movie and then having all these other characters who are just being introduced and then trying to turn into an ensemble thing. I was kind of like, no, like, let's stop with this franchise ensemble shit. Like, you should have learned from Joker. All you need is one character with a really good story who's compelling and, you know, with a likable actor portraying them and, like, you know, just a good story that's also in a comic universe. They should have just did that. It shouldn't be Birds of Prey. I feel like that's the problem. It's marketed as this ensemble thing that people are so tired of. Like, they could have just said Harley Quinn. That's the title of the movie. That's the plot of the movie. That's the entire movie. And they didn't need... They could have had the other characters in it. Uh, but it should have just been around one character. It doesn't need to be a character study, of course. We should have just had around the one character, had a really good plot, and just focused and zeroed in on that. And then, you know, doesn't need to be sort of comic book violence and cartoonish jokes and stuff, which, like, like you look at Joker with such a somber movie, and I feel like if they were smart, they should have seen Joker and realized, wow, you have this film is made a billion dollars by taking comic book villain who's a Joker and writing a very serious, sad story about him. Instead of taking Harley Quinn, his number two, and then trying to write, like, a goofy, loud, uh, like, on-the-nose, really obvious sort of flick about her maybe try going the same direction as the billion dollar Oscar winning film, you know, and just make it somber, yeah. serious and compelling. So I, well, I, I pulled up the numbers by the way. So just yeah. cause I brought it up, birds of prey flopped. It got 33.25 million. It, it was supposed to get around 60, uh, in North America. So it, it flopped about 50%. But the reason why I'm not surprised by that is Doolittle, which launched like a week or two earlier, uh, it brought in twenty five or no twenty nine point five million, which should have uh it, it was estimated to have uh well they don't have the estimate here usually they have an estimate but um the budget the budget was one hundred and seventy five million and they only made less than thirty million in their box office so that's insane right. You have a movie that's like yeah. 175 million and they opened to 30 million. Like that's a huge flop. People lose like their entire investment on this thing, yeah. And then so I when yeah. Birds of Play flopped, I was like, yeah, cuz movies are flopping right now. People aren't going. It's just going to be a trend. And then they maybe they could have saved it if they did something really compelling and interesting, but they didn't. They just made an ensemble Suicide Squad-esque, you know, film. That I was still really interested to see, but the the lackluster response, I'm starting to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to watch it because I didn't watch Suicide Squad because it had bad reception and Birds of Prey reception really doesn't seem that good either. So uh, I guess I'm not going to go. 
Guess not, man. I don't know. I, yeah, just based on my experience with Suicide Squad, I was like, eh, I'm not that interested. Yeah. Birds of Prey. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wish that I, I was excited for it because I saw Joker. I thought maybe they would be really smart. They would follow that. But I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I guess not. I, I really hope that Margot Robbie comes back as Harley Quinn and doesn't do a shitty ensemble and just does. Uh, she's a brilliant actress. She's really good in everything she yeah, does. She's, really she's good. fantastic. I wish that they just give her Harley Quinn and just it doesn't need to be like Joaquin Phoenix and really dark and cynical like that movie. But it should just be a film about Harley Quinn played by Margot Robbie, and it shouldn't need to have all this other things like you know. This is yeah. time for superhero movies only survive now if they're pared down and they have a simple concept and they just stay true to just the character and the world that they build. Um, so I think before we wrap up, I just want to do Democrat primary prediction. Who's going to win? I forget who we predicted last time, so uh, it doesn't have to be the same. Yang uh, is out, though. So Yang is out. Yang, Yang is, is out. out. And um, I think so. Biden, Biden is kind of not the front runner either um not sure he ever was so front runner right now is like bernie and Buttigieg, but there's still klobuchar mm. warren biden and bloomberg all kind of waiting in the wings yeah uh i don't know i think i think bernie actually has a decent oh chance yeah bernie's right got now, a lot of momentum he's actually really getting a, he's getting a lot of a lot of traction yeah that's true he's really picking up i'm impressed I didn't. I thought he was kind of tired. I thought that this would just be like, like the the rerun episode from uh, when he lost to Hillary. But no, he's like back with a fire. He's still got it. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, him and yeah, who's Buttigieg? Yeah, Buttigieg has been tying him. I don't really. Buttigieg has been like a point yeah. above or below him, and so they did the New Hampshire primary, which I think uh, Sanders won. Uh, but he got, I think, the same amount of delegates as Buttigieg. And then they did the Iowa, and Buttigieg won, but there was a big controversy because they couldn't count the votes for about like a, a week, and they might still be counting right now, actually. Um, they took them a long time to count the votes. They had technical issues. It was really embarrassing for the party. And um, while they were recounting the votes because of the technical errors, Buttigieg, who was behind, uh, suddenly surged kind of questionably. So people think that maybe there was some foul play involved, but it's unclear. Uh, mm. There's also some other reports showing that the software they were using to count the votes was sponsored by um, a shadowy company that's called Shadow Incorporated. They literally call their company Shadow and they make like political software, which is a fucking disaster. Um, and they were they were sponsored by Clinton or something. Um, so there's a bunch of question marks that are thrown there. Even like people who are really deep in the Democrat party were starting to be very frustrated and not really trusting and feeling like maybe Bernie was being, um, sabotaged. So, but right now as it stands, so Buttigieg and Biden, yeah. I mean, sorry, Buttigieg and Bernie are the, the currently out there. They have the most delegates. Um, uh, Buttigieg is a little bit ahead, but there's only two primaries that have gone by. Um, so you, are you calling it for Bernie? You're calling Bernie. it for Bernie. All right. I'm All right. We'll see. Well, just, we'll get a few yeah. more primaries. We'll see. Maybe it'll hold. It needs about 1,000 energy more. I feel like Bernie is just, uh, from what I can see, he seems to be just, I don't know, the bigger name. True. But Buttigieg, obviously, like I said, is 
doing good, but I just haven't really heard a lot hey, about Buddha him. Judge. So the thing with Buddha Judge, um, I think that he doesn't have a very long political record, which a lot of people hit him for. Uh, but at the same mm. time, uh, I think that he he has a lot of weird stuff so there hasn't been a lot of attacks about him but i've been going on twitter and stuff and like seeing some like really weird tweets that he's mentioned in the past that are like um i don't know so i i wish i could find it but i was on twitter once and i saw like a tweet from him from like a couple of years ago and he said something like and I wish I could read it, but I don't have it pulled up. It would be hard to find it. It was just an obscure tweet, and it's not something that I think even got much press, and I still don't think people are talking about it. But uh, he said something like, uh, I didn't go um, I didn't go all the way to Afghanistan with an assault rifle just to come home and have, see people using assault rifles on each other. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> That's kind of seems really it's a relevant really, to everything. It's the weirdest know. conflating of two issues ever. And it's just yeah. like form sometimes <laughs> the way he talks is like he puts words in a generator or like he just puts stuff in a generator and tries to come up with some word that <laughs> he just has like one of those like one of those things we you know where people post are like, Oh, I had an AI write a episode. Exactly. Of like <laughs> has an AI just write a Buttigieg Judge is like a friend's AI trying to write a political candidate. <laughs> and it's really effective. And I think that's honestly I think that's the reason why it's effective though, is because none of the stuff he says really sounds genuine. It just sounds like like something that was formulated to get a lot of support. Um, and the other thing he said, which is really funny, and there's a meme that goes around it, is he had a quote or they were doing quotes for some uh, debate or something, and the quote that he submitted for his campaign was, um, quote, the shape of our democracy is the issue that affects every other issue, Buttigieg. And it was like, other people had things like, uh, like healthcare is really important and stuff like that, and then he just said, yeah, this thing. And I was like, mm, this is the AI talking. So it doesn't really say it anything, nothing. but it's just like, it just kind of... It's just like uh, that says nothing. <laughs> it's it's just like words without actually. Yeah, but ever that's the thing because his, his career. He's a young guy. He's pretty bright. I think he is a smart guy. But he's just mayor of a small city, and he has a pretty poor record. Apparently, people have said that all he's really done there is like improve some of their downtown and gentrified a few neighborhoods and stuff. And he hasn't really done very much. He's really bad black support too. So like minorities, not very popular. He fired like their first. Um, black police chief i think in the town and he also i think fired a black uh like fire superintendent or something of the fire department so he has some like poor record he's not very popular with minorities and he hasn't really done anything there that's like you know really moved the needle you could say and now he's running for president and i feel like that's really untoward i don't feel like that's right you should really like also at the same time we have a president who is kind of a jerk off who hasn't really done anything for anyone in the past like you know 70 years so <laughs> yeah i mean i think that he would probably be better Buttigieg than judge is more qualified I, mean, I would say i mean Run. well now that trump's and yeah there was some there's some weird things yeah i was like looking on twitter and it seems like there's some kind of weird things where he's like claiming support from people that are like yeah mm, no I, I i don't actually I, i'm not Same giving more. him that well, uh, what was it? Keegan Michael oh. Key. There was a apparently he claimed support. He was like, "Oh, Keegan Michael Key endorses us," and then Keegan Michael Key was like, "No, I I don't. I never Whoa. said that." 
So, and then like apparently there was also some kind of like they were claiming some support from black voters that was actually yeah. false. Wow. Well, so that's so there's some weird things going nice. on there. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to go too hard on him because I feel like at the same time I've seen some of his interviews. I do think he's a smart guy. I think he's trying to do the right thing, but at the same time, like. It seems like too much like a politician. And and when I say that, like, you know, he's he's not qualified to run for this level of public office. He should really just go I, into the Senate, try to do uh, or, or the House of Representatives. He should go to Congress, do Congress or be in a cabinet or do something that gets you yeah. into national politics and then run for office. And like Obama was a senator, you know, and uh, Obama was in Congress. Um, uh, that's a way yeah. that you, you know, have, build a record, you know, stand for stuff. You can build up a rapport with the people. They can don't see put out quotes saying the shape of our democracy is the shape of the issue that face. Like, don't say <laughs> bullshit like this. This just lets us know you don't really have anything to say yet. So and at the same time, also like, yeah. So Buttigieg is more qualified than Trump was circa 2016. But circa 2020, Trump is now an incumbent. He's been president for four years. Are you really yeah. going to run someone who's like a regional mayor against him, who's not really even that popular in his own city? Like, I feel like that's a bad move. Like, it's not. It's, I agree. I don't think that like, he. I get has, it. If it's 2016, you know, you're running against some business guy who's an asshole. Like, yeah, I feel like Buttigieg could probably maybe pull something off there. But now you're going against a guy who's. You know, his popularity has been going up. He just survived an impeachment. He's, you know, he's had four years of actually running it. Yeah, he's kind of coming off the high He's had four years running a country. Buttigieg just doesn't have something close to that. I feel like Biden maybe stands a little taller next to Trump because he's been vice president for eight years. You know, that's a good enough record, I feel like, to say this guy could be president. He's basically been, you know second hand i mean sorry second place for eight years <laughs> it makes sense exactly. you know uh you know bloomberg kind of makes sense in a weird way because he's also a new york businessman uh, as you put put him next to trump um the thing with bloomberg though is like uh bloomberg was like a republican uh and then he turned democrat so i feel like for Democrats yeah. to nominate him as president is kind of attacking their own party to say, like, we don't have good enough Democrat candidates that we're going to nominate this Republican mayor who's now says he's a Democrat. Um, I feel like... Yeah, I don't know that Bloom- Bloomberg also... I don't move. know. He's... There's some, been some weird things going on with his campaign, yeah. too. Like, I don't know. Like, he more. did, like, a whole, like... He, like, I don't know. He has, like, a whole part of his campaign dedicated to, like, basically buying, like... Um, support from like and buying ads on Means instagram and ads yeah he's the digital marketing guy. yeah i'm just i'm like i don't it just seems buying like an election well not even that it just seems like a weird way to buy an election too because it's like Trumpian. i don't know like do ads for yourself and stuff that's one thing but it's like go and start paying meme accounts to like yeah look i think support you and it's like but they're very like weirdly like self-aware oh. memes well, where like it's like it's literally like one of them is like pulling it's like uh just a picture of like his instagram account messaging a meme account being like hey can you make memes to show that i'm the cool Uh, i'm the cool candidate and they're like oh sure yeah it'll cost a billion dollars what did you have in mind and then he literally like he should 
sends them like a picture of like, oh, I'm the cool candidate or whatever, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Cool I've heard he has stuff. a big. And these are like the actual team. memes that he's like paying for, <laughs> and they're just, it's like they're like, I don't know, like I guess he's trying to go in for kind of trying to go for like a self aware kind of thing, but it seems like he's trying to do that. Ah, it just doesn't seems that weird. Seem, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Doesn't that seem way. Trumpian to you, though? Because isn't that how Trumpian yeah. won in 2016? Because he was just a meme, well, meme that's, candidate? That's like, the thing, Every day though, in 2016, like, uh, you just see memes of President Trump doing some dipshit stuff at, like, a debate. And that was, yeah. just, that was just... And eventually we were like, okay, I've seen so many pictures of this guy on the internet. I guess he can be in the White House, you know? Yeah, well, and that's, that's literally, too, what they were talking about, his campaign people were talking about they're like well we need to have something to, to make up for you know to compete with trump's well, I, I don't like that i feel like so we that's... need to go back to regular politics we need to get out of this trump thing you know i, I mean i'm yeah. sure there's things that trump does i always say i'm not a democrat or republican there's plenty of things trump does i think is great um you know but at the same time like I don't think we should keep going this direction, though. I think we should have learned by now that th- this isn't great. If Democrats are going to also say, yeah. here's a New York uh, successful businessman uh, who's not really representative of our party, but he's popular, I guess. Um, I feel like that's the wrong move. That's just doing exactly what the Republicans did in 2016. And maybe it's the move that wins them the White House, but... I feel like it cost him the party. Like, I don't think the Republican party yeah. ever comes back to how it was. I feel like from now on, it's like the Trump party and then conservatives who don't like Trump. Like that's what the Republicans are. It's Trumpers and never Trumpers. It's not even conservatives, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that's what the Democrats do too. If they, if they nominate Bloomberg, it's the same move where you're saying, I'm taking someone who's not really part of my party. Who's never really been a supporter of my party, but I'm running him because he's electable. Cause he's popular. Cause he has a good digital marketing arm. Because we can beat, and we the, can other beat guys. the other guys with them, and that's all Trump was. He was just a stick. He beat the other guys, and then now he's. I don't know. I don't think even even. I don't think people even want to work with him. You know, I, I'm sure people in Congress no. don't really even like working with the guy. It's just, it, it's just like it's a bad. It's a good move in the short term. It gets you in office. You know, it's it's a really he's he's proven to be a very powerful candidate who's been very durable, who's withstood like an insane amount of media attacks on him. Um, probably to the extent that pretty much any other president in history probably would have just been buried, even including George Washington. Um, I don't think George Washington yeah. could have handled the amount of media pressure that Trump's had. Supposing if <laughs> they had that kind of you know printing press in the day. Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure even even a, like Abraham Lincoln would have been buried, you know. Like I may not go a little far, yeah. but I don't think I am. I think in the information age, we have so much media, and the fact that that entire Death Star laser gun has been pointed at Trump's uh, Trump's head for like the past three and a half years, and it's still just the same shit every day. It's like it's yeah. impressive, you know. But at the same time, like this guy's not like a Republican. <laughs> No, he's not really anything, and that's kind this of this is what Republicans care about, you know. He's he's just a very loose he's cannon, just, and he just he is himself. Yeah, this isn't like the party. This is just a guy who waited in the wings, showed up at the eleventh hour, and then got really popular, did his thing, and now he's I don't know, he's doing his own thing. He's his, his own dragon energy. I respect it in a way, uh, but at the same time, like let's get a 
regular politician in there maybe question mark <laughs> like yeah i'd say i think well i think too like shoot i don't know i, I want klobuchar like, people, that's people what i want i want klobuchar <laughs> i want moderate democrat republican not republican uh, uh well republicans fine too but just moderate politician who's been a politician yeah who's voted for stuff who has a record who cares about the country and just gonna do their thing you know klobuchar that's yeah. that's the kind of candidate i'm looking for um well and yeah i think that a politician i think one of the big reasons that i would say a politician that I, that I want a politician is because the way that like trump runs things is he really does pretty much act like he's like the ceo yeah. of the company so he pretty much is just doing things that He's just heading, he's just like, oh, well, I think that the country should go this way. So I'm going to take it that way. And then he's not really, he doesn't, without any care for what the actual parties want. But the thing about a politician is that a politician will try and actually represent the yeah. party that they're with. So therefore represent the yes. people. You know, so. Not sure who Trump represents. That's my issue. That's been my big Exactly, and that's my big issue with Trump is that I think that he's basically just representing yeah. himself. I mean, and that's just not what I want from these, a president. I want someone to represent. He does these me. massive rallies with like twenty thousand people in attendance, and they're huge. And people look at it and think like that's so amazing. But even when I look at those, I feel like I don't feel like Trump really represents the people in the stands. I mean, he's a globalist billionaire who owns like golfing ranges around the world. I don't think he's the yeah. guy representing you know tractor farmer Bill. You know, from the middle of Des Moines or whatever. I feel like that's not really true. No. I feel like that's his audience. That's not his constituency. You know, that's the way I think he sees it. I don't think he sees it as like I'm representing yeah. all these people. As a, I feel like he sees it as like these people are all looking up to me. These people are, are my audience. They 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 think that I'm this star figure, and I'm that's what I'm doing. I feel like it's not a representation. It's more like a, a I don't know, just like a like a celebrity. It's like he's celebrity. a celebrity. He's yeah. a celebrity. It's celebrity. He's a celebrity and that those are basically like his yeah, fans. like Will Smith doesn't represent his fans. He's just Will Smith, you know. It's a exactly. push versus pull. Yeah. 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 Well, I think so uh so predictions you said Bernie um I'm going to say Bloomberg. I think that I hate Bloomberg. Right. I, I don't hate him, but I just think that it's not the good move for democrats for their own brand it kind of moves them out of their wheelhouse and just takes them down the same path as republicans but i do think that it's too late i think that uh he's got too much money he's marketing in a smart way and i think that we're just going to see basically the blue trump it's going to be trump versus blue trump and in that kind of election i don't even give a shit who wins so that's where I think yeah. we're going. I think it's Trump and blue Trump. Just, we're going to have CEOs for the rest of America. Hopefully we just get rid of the presidency, you know? <laughs> it's just going to turn into like a, a bad CEO job. And it's like the top 1% of billionaires will be running for it from now on because they're the only ones who can afford to market for it. So it will be a reality yeah, like show. Obama is probably going to be like our last president. America's next top America's president. President. America's next president. Yeah. I don't know. I, that think that, I, I honestly think we're going to go in that direction. It's going to be a... a elite club for ceos and we're gonna see like elon musk and mark zuckerberg running for president in the next like 10 years yeah i can see that all right well i suppose we'll see how these things play out at another time because i think that that's about it for this week thanks for tuning in remember to tune in next week 